how do you support your child's biggest, strongest feelings when you feel overwhelmed yourself? What do you say and what do you do in those moments? What do you avoid? That's what I'm discussing in this episode of Chilled Out Parenting. But just before we go into that, a quick reminder that if you're looking for a step-by-step guide to becoming a calm, confident parent, you can grab my book, Chilled Out Mum, using the link in the show notes below this episode. And if you're looking for help yesterday, you'll also find a link to book a call with me. Okay, so today's topic is all about supporting your child's big feelings. So really understanding what these are all about and what your child needs from you when they're swept up in their emotions. As always, the Chilled Out Parenting Podcast is about giving you not just the information you need, but actionable takeaways so you can get the transformation you're looking for too. Last episode, we looked at regulating your emotions and we covered those three steps to help you pause notice and attend to your feelings. We looked at why it can be so hard to look after our feelings and I explained what meta emotions are all about. This is how we feel about feelings and depending on how our emotions were supported when we were growing up, this can make it hard to not only look after our own feelings, but it can make it super difficult to be there for our children's feelings too. This is one of those areas of parenting that we really need to work on because our kids need us to guide the way when it comes to managing their feelings. Children are born knowing how to express their emotions. Babies come into the world doing this, so there's no problem there. What they don't know how to do is to identify them, process them, and understand them. And that's our job to show them because without us, they simply won't learn what they need to learn. So it's important that we do this work and feel equipped to be there for our children and their big feelings. Research tells us that this is one of our biggest jobs as parents, to give our children the gift of emotional intelligence, which is said to be even more beneficial than regular IQ. John Gottman, a world-renowned psychologist who's done a lot of work in this area, says that researchers have found that even more than IQ, your emotional awareness and abilities to handle feelings will determine your success and happiness in all walks of life, including family relationships. So what is emotional intelligence? Well, EQ is defined as a person's ability to express and manage feelings appropriately while respecting the feelings of others. It's a set of skills that children can begin learning at any age. So whether your child is two or seven or 15, you can start teaching them about their emotions and how to take care of them. It's never too early or too late to do this work. And this episode of Chilled Out Parenting will give you what you need to get started. One of the first things to start looking at is the way you currently respond to your child's feelings. Many of us unknowingly deny and distract our kids from feeling their feelings. And this can be for a range of reasons, such as discomfort with expression of emotions, feeling overwhelmed by feelings, or a deep-seated belief that some feelings are not okay, which goes back to that meta-emotion story of yours. Note that these thoughts might be unconscious ones. You might not be aware of them. But if you often deny or distract your child from their feelings, chances are you've got some strong beliefs about feelings operating below the surface. How do we deny and distract children from their feelings? Well, anytime we suggest that their problem is no big deal or it's not worth getting upset about, we're essentially informing them that their feelings are not important. We're denying them. Anytime we try to cheer children up with something to take their mind off their problem, we're distracting them from their feelings. Sometimes this can help the situation by diffusing the intensity a little, but if the feelings are ultimately not processed, then this is still distracting them from an important lesson about those feelings. The important thing to realize about children and their problems is that for them, these are as real as any problems we face as adults. 
So if they're upset about losing at a game they're playing or if it's something that happened at school or anything else that you see is trivial, the feelings that they're having about these events are real and they need help to understand them. So saying to a child that their problem's not worth getting upset over will just confuse them about their feelings and mean they miss out on an important lesson about what those feelings are for and how to resolve them. The other thing we do as adults is we fall into what I call the reasoning trap when it comes to children's problems and feelings. This is when we see the child's problem from our perspective instead of from theirs. So we try to get them to see our point of view, to get them to see it differently, instead of stepping into their world and imagining what the problem feels like for them. When we suggest their problem isn't that big a deal or that there are worse problems to have, this devalues their experience and emotions. The problem might seem trivial to us. Big emotions after losing on a video game may seem questionable. And we might try to say things like, relax, it's just a game. But for your child, this is more than a game and those feelings are real and they need the same sensitivity as any other feelings. It's the only way for a child to move through them. Sometimes those words of ours aren't useful at all to a child who's experiencing big feelings. When a child is dysregulated and having a tantrum or a meltdown, Their emotions have become so intense for them that they feel out of control. And this can be a really scary sensation for a young person that doesn't understand their feelings and has no tools for soothing themselves. This is where your child needs your compassion, your patience, and your understanding, not your words. They need your help to organize their feelings. They can't do this without your assistance. However, this doesn't mean going into a lecture or giving them advice. As a child who is dysregulated, is just not ready for hearing your words. If you've ever felt unable to get through to your child when they're having a meltdown or tantrum, then this is because they're too dysregulated to listen. Their downstairs brain, the part that produces those big intense feelings, has literally taken over so they cannot reach their logic and listening skills to take in what you have to say. Instead, what you need to do is assist your child to calm down before offering your words. This could look like a cuddle or saying something reassuring like, it's okay, or I'm here, or offering a gentle shush. Some parents worry that they're rewarding the tantrum or behavior when they use cuddles and affection, but that's not what this process is about. If you want to address behavior, that's fine, but you need to get your child engaged with you first or they just won't hear you. It's also really important not to see tantrums and meltdowns as bad behavior or something your child is doing on purpose. The worst thing we can do when our children are dysregulated is become angry at them or send them away to calm down on their own. This is asking children to use skills they don't have to look after feelings they don't understand. It's not fair. This sort of thinking will stop you being present and available for your child who will receive the message that their feelings cause them to be punished or left alone and they'll soon learn to shut them down or find some other outlet to express them instead, like limit-pushing behaviour. So it's clear now that we have to get in and do this important work with our children and their emotions. And the good news is it's really simple to get started. And I have three easy steps for you to put into place so you can start practicing right away. The first thing to do is normalize feelings. We want our children to understand that all feelings, even the really uncomfortable ones, are normal and healthy to have and that everyone feels them. Spend time talking about feelings in your household, especially your own, as of course you're the role model for your child when it comes to managing feelings. They will ultimately do what they see you do. Have lots of words for feelings, because while children can experience a wide variety of emotions, they don't have the words for all of them. 
Expanding your emotion vocabulary will help your child expand their awareness of all the different feelings it's possible to have. Plus, labeling feelings helps your child feel understood and can have a positive effect on the nervous system. The next thing to focus on when it comes to supporting your child's feelings is to validate them. Many parents don't spend enough time doing this. Instead, we go straight to problem solving or advice giving when what our child really needs is some validation for what they're experiencing. This means doing a lot of listening and not much talking, something that can be hard to do if you're not used to it. Give your child the space to share how they're feeling and help them expand their sharing. You can say something like, and what did you do then? Or tell me more. Or use a reflective statement like, wow, that must have made you so cross. Most importantly, show that you're really listening to them with focused attention and eye contact. The next important tool here is to hold the space. When it comes to supporting children who are experiencing big feelings, we have to be willing to hold the space for them. This means staying present and available while they're processing those feelings rather than hurrying them through it. This isn't always convenient and it won't necessarily be a pleasant experience. It's okay not to enjoy your child's emotions, but it's important to be with them anyway, regardless of how you feel about it. This is actually a really good time to reflect on what your feelings are while you hold the space for your child. Notice if it's bringing up uncomfortable feelings for you and why that might be. You can learn a lot about yourself from sitting with your feelings rather than reacting on them. If you want to take this process even further, you can learn how to officially emotion coach your child, which is a five-step communication strategy that gives you more structure. It's fantastic for strengthening connection and dealing with challenging behavior. However far you want to go with this, the best time to start supporting emotions in your household is right now. Your takeaway task for this episode is to practice using those tools. You don't have to use all three at once if they feel a bit too big. Just start with one, and when you've mastered that one, move on to the next one. Remember, it might feel strange to do these things if this is all brand new to you, but the more you do it, the easier it will feel. Plus, you'll notice the positive response you get from your child when you do try these things, and that will give you the motivation to keep at it. And by all means, grab your Sharpie and jot these ideas down on paper for a fridge cheat sheet so you can refer to it whenever you need to. Now, if you're enjoying this topic, you can read more about it in my book, Chilled Out Mum, which you can grab using the link in the show notes below this episode. And if you think you do need more help, you can also book a call with me using the link you'll find there too. Now, we're not done because, as always, this podcast is for delivering great parenting guidance, but it's also about helping you be the best possible version of yourself. And how can you be your best if you're not at your best? So every week, I share a new chilled out tool for filling your well-being tank to help you keep on top of your mental load and happiness levels. This week's chilled out tool in the spotlight is mindfulness. Practicing mindfulness can be incredibly beneficial for us parents because it helps ground us and bring us into the present moment instead of getting lost in our to-do list and our overwhelming mental loads. Using mindfulness techniques can help reduce stress, improve emotion regulation, increase your patience levels, and aid communication. There are so many benefits. Now, let's face it, modern parenting life doesn't allow for much connection with the present moment, but mindfulness can bring you an inner peace in an otherwise crazy, frantic world, and being able to tap into this inner tranquility anytime you need it will help you tune into your children's needs when they do come up. You'll be able to meet them more effectively and that will make parenting a whole lot calmer. 
You can incorporate mindfulness using simple practices that can fit into your everyday life, so they don't need to be a big deal. Things like meditation, deep breathing exercises, and daily moments of pause and reflection are all great. But really, mindfulness can be a lot of different things, and it's up to you to select the practice that suits you best. All you need is something that helps you focus on the present moment and tune everything else out. This could be gardening or enjoying a cup of tea. It could be playing with your dog or listening to music that you can get lost in. You can also use mindfulness when your child is talking to you by putting aside distractions and truly listening. Listen to the sound of their voice and the inflections in their tone as they speak. Notice the movement in their face and the way their eyes light up when they talk. Show your child how present you are by asking questions about what they're telling you. If you enjoy playing with your children or reading bedtime stories, these are other beautiful moments where you can practice mindfulness too by being truly present and immersing yourself fully in those practices. Mindfulness is a skill that develops over time with practice. So start with small, easy steps and gradually incorporate more mindfulness into your daily life as you become more comfortable. The key is to be patient with yourself and to approach these activities with an open, non-judgmental attitude. And on that note, it's time to wrap up this episode of Chilled Out Parenting. To recap, your actionable task this week is to practice normalizing, validating, and holding the space for your child's feelings. Start as small as you want with these ideas and build on them as you become more confident. And something else that will help you with your children is next week's podcast topic, which is improving listening. So if this is something you need your child to be better at, make sure you tune in then. And don't forget to try some mindfulness this week. Enjoy that process and let me know how you go. I'd love to hear from you. Please drop me a note over at Facebook at Karina Lang Coach. And again, if you think others will benefit from this podcast, please leave me a review at podchaser.com. And finally, remember, if you're not at your best, you can't be your best. 